Welcome, welcome everyone. Welcome to On Deck with Tony and Ken. My name is Ken and I'm joined by my co-host, Tony. Tony, how are you doing? I'm good, Ken. How are you doing? How are you doing? How have you been feeling this week? Yeah, it's been it's been uh, it's been good. Happy uh, after the Christmas, I guess. Um, hopefully, your Christmas was as pleasant as mine. Uh, uh, did you get married? Did you get fat, man? I didn't get fat. No. Um, a very long time ago, I decided to basically temper how I actually celebrate Christmas. So when it comes to food and everything like that, I kind of make myself a a small plate um, because I know me. If I when I overeat, especially in Christmas. I'm asleep by nine o'clock and everybody else is having a good time. So I, I make myself a small plate. I eat what I eat. It's not about stuffing myself. I think sometimes gluttony is uh, is taken a bit too far. So I yeah. just, I, you know, I, I pace myself through the night. But overall, it was a great time. Spend time with the with the family. Got to see my missus. Um, and just just chilled. It wasn't it wasn't a hype Christmas given what 2020 is. But that's the nature of the beast. How was your week? How was your Christmas? How did you? How did you? How did you celebrate? Yeah, um, uh, quite similar. But well, I think everyone has got a quite similar setup. Uh, well, the ones that are not breaking the rules. Um, but yeah, it was spending time with the family on the day, and then everyone just kind of doing their own thing. Not long after, but on the next day. But no, it was a nice little time where everyone got to eat. Um, I made sure to fill my plate. <laughs> uh, the sleep was amazing after. But no, it, it was nice. You know, everyone popped crackers. We told jokes. It, it was a nice little, it was a, whole, a very wholesome time. A very wholesome time. I, I think this is one of the times of the year where people allow themselves to indulge more so than usual. Uh, and due to the state of the world, people are just looking for reasons to be a bit more joyous and happy, given it being very limiting in what they can do. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed myself. Um, it's It's more or less done christmas decorations are still up uh what did you get for christmas yeah, but you know got new headphones mate got new headphones that's it just new headphones yeah just just new headphones uh, it's gone of the days where i'm expecting multiple gifts well, i never really expected gifts but gone of the days where i've i've had multiple gifts if i get a gift i get a gift um the truth I'm, I'm more concerned about just everyone just being okay and just have, actually spending time with family and the people that i care about so for um, me, as happy as that sounds. Okay, so for me, I actually got um, about two gifts. Technically, I got one gift, and secondly, I got a awkward moment. And uh, this is basically what happened. So, <laughs> I, my the first first part of this story is getting okay. the gift for uh, right. from my uh, from my girlfriend. Basically, a few weeks before. Uh, we, was, we was having a hard time trying to figure out what to get to each other. Like, you know, we're still kind of early into this, trying to figure things out. And we don't really know each other's wants in terms of material things. Um, but she, she took her time. I said, you know, simplicity. I love trainers. I'm a sneakerhead. 2020 did something to me. I got uh, infected with with Nike, Adidas and and other brands. And I just love trainers, performance basketball trainers to be specifically. So I thought, you know, it'd be a cool idea. Me and my girlfriend will get together and we'll design a shoe because on uh, Nike, Nike.com, they got this thing called Nike ID where you can basically take a, a shoe and do your own colorway. A colorway is basically 
the the color design of the shoe so you can choose right. different section so we did that together we went back and forth for oh this will this will be cool that will be cool oh you wear too much black oh shut up i can wear whatever i want so you know compromise all of that back and forth stuff like that and that was great she put through the order and eventually that came i got a pair of earrings she settled on a pair of earrings really nice pair of earrings and that was one present the second present was the awkward moment when uh my aunt comes to visit which she wasn't supposed to do yeah breaking the rules i i I know i know i know but i did it i'm a maverick i'm a i'm a i'm a bad man as they say um until this moment should i say so she comes over i don't know this at the time and she's come over to bring present and she does a, a typical present thing she loves to give um Socks. No, socks, the underwears. So this time uh, it wasn't socks. It was actually uh, undershirts. Um, I think like vest t-shirt kind of thing. Um, but I didn't see this present. What I did actually experience was me coming out of the shower and her awkwardly standing at the base of the staircase, just looking at me wet and half naked. So suffice to say, I slowly walked backwards up the stairs and wrapped myself around the corner and all that she could see was my head and say, hey, what's the big deal? It's not that awkward. It's fine. I've seen your penis. You was a baby. I changed your diaper. That's not a thought that you're not you're supposed to have at all between <laughs> you and your aunt. The idea that she's seen your, your penis. Uh, so suffice to say, I got a pair of trainers Yo. and a very awkward moment. Merry Christmas, Tony. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Oh, man. There should never be a conversation with you, your penis, and your aunt in the same breath. But here we go. That's what family's for, making yes. things more awkward than they need to be. Um, well, let's talk about some of the gifts that we received during Christmas, because during Christmas, they was used as a time to release quite a few bits of media. Mm-hmm. Um, the bit of media that we um, we have received is films and uh, some TV shows as well. Uh, there's been quite a few big releases from various studios. Well, yes. arguably the two biggest studios in the world uh, for film, at least in Hollywood, at least. Uh, I don't know about other parts of the world. Bollywood is huge. Uh, Nollywood, we're not going to go there. But, you know, we know for um, Warner Brothers, we had the huge release of Wonder Woman 1984. And we had the... Disney, uh, Pixar uh, release of Soul on Disney+. Plus. Um, oddly enough, these two huge releases were um, streamed. Well, I know there's meant to be a cinema release for at least Wonder Woman. I'm not sure about Soul. But both of these were released on their respective streaming platforms, which was well, HBO. Um, it, was, it was a bit more complicated than that. So with mm. Wonder Woman, it was the case that on the 16th, we got it out here in the UK. I remember. I Problem remember. is, that's when we went into tier four. So if you're in London, you're not seeing jack shit. Now, if you have the benefit of li- living outside of London, you could go watch it. And I, I, I will not lie to you, Ken, there was plots to try and break out of London, you know, kind of like escape from New York type of thing. And right. Wonder Woman. In hindsight... Was that a good idea? We'll find out later when we start talking we'll about the it. film. Um, in we terms of Soul, I think the worldwide release was supposed to be on the platform. They actually abandoned the uh, the cinema release for that film, which is something... Yeah, I they would... did that from earlier. I remember that. Yeah. 
is uh, they did that with uh, Mulan. Um, but it's something that I want to actually touch on much later in the show in terms of um, what it is for a cinematic release in post twenty twenty world. So uh, do you want to do you want to get into talking to um, your experience with Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four by Warner Brothers? Also, that released on uh, HBO Max. Just to let you know, that's it. We're in America. Yep. Well, yeah, Wonder Woman 1984. Um, just to give a very quick overview for anyone that might not know, Wonder Woman is a superhero in the DC universe, and this is their, this is the second film of uh, that shows Wonder Woman as the main character. Uh, the first one came out uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, this one is uh, approximately a good. A good 70 years in terms of the timeline uh, ahead of because the first one was in world war one this one is set in the 80s uh, so wonder woman my initial feeling after watching it was yeah i enjoyed it i enjoyed mm-hmm. it yeah it was a good time yeah. um i'm not saying it was an amazing film i'm not saying it was you know heaven sent um i'm just saying based on what i expected from it it it, it ticked most of the boxes um and what I expected for it, like once again after preference, that is not not you know leaps and bounds, you know what I've, what I've seen from other films in the past. So yeah, it, it took the um, the fun factor. It was a fun film, uh, relatively well for for the most part of it. Um, it did have that eighties aesthetic. Uh, I really did appreciate that. It was colourful, uh, in contrast comparing to other DC films that were very grey or brown. Um, it was lighthearted. It had a nice little message, and you know, for the for, for the most part, I enjoyed uh, the film. Now, there are a lot of things in this film that you know. Well, just, just to give people an idea of my, my mentality going into um, films, especially with comic book films, I try to expect the least. Not because I don't think they can be good. No, not at all. Um, same thing with I, I want to be blown away when I expect the least and something amazing happens I get blown away that's why um, and we've talked about this in the past Tony where I, I don't watch trailers if, if I know I'm going to watch a film I don't bother watching the trailer so when people say like oh they revealed this in the trailer I'm like well I don't know because I didn't watch the trailer I like to be surprised um, when I go into a film so with that idea without watching the trailer for Wonder Woman because I completely avoided the trailer for Wonder Woman Watching this film, I was like, "Oh, it's nice. It, it, it's nice." Mm-hmm. Um, there were a few things that you know <laughs> there are <laughs> that we should talk about about this film. But I want to first get um, your general opinion, a general spoiler-free opinion of uh, the film. So we will get into spoilers, right? Are, are we, are, are oh, we yeah, okay 100%. to say that? Okay. Cool. So overview of the film, I thought it was fine. Um, I thought it was entertaining at the points yep. where it needed to entertain, but it was confusing in the points that had no reason to be confusing. Like, just tell a simple story. You are not Shakespeare. You are not, you know, Dickens in your your ability to write. Wh- whoever wrote this, I don't know whether it was Patty Jenkins. I know she directed it. Um, you're not even Christopher Nolan. And Christopher well, Nolan has messed up as well. Apparently she did write it. The first film, she directed it. This one, she directed it and wrote it as well. Um, so I think she had more writing uh, uh, power in this mm. one than she did in the previous one. Yeah. 
and of course we don't know you know what happens behind the scenes the uh the problems of um production sometimes the studio gets involved sometimes another writer comes in and changes things sometimes the producer wants a bit more of this and all of that we don't know we are just the audience we are here to be entertained and if you fail to do so that's on you not on us um it was a fine film entertaining entertain when it need to um i felt uh, a great performance by Pedro Pascal. This guy has, yep. 2020 yep. has been his year. And not to discredit what he's done in the past because, you know, he's been in uh, Game of Thrones. He's been in Narcos, you know, The Mandalorian. He was uh, in the Kingsman film. He's been in the Kingsman film. Now, Ken, I got something a little extra. Did you know that this is not Pedro Pascal's first time with Wonder Woman? No, didn't know that. Where was he else? Where else was he in Wonder Woman? In 2011, there was a failed pilot for a Wonder Woman TV show. Aha, uh-huh. he was he was attached to that. He was actually that. in that. He was in the pilot episode, and obviously oh, that didn't good. come to fruition. And the symmetry of you know him coming back years later, um, I don't know whether that was intentional in terms of him going for the role or somebody approached him. I think I think that's a cool thing. That level of symmetry. Um, mm-hmm. Was it a call for him, for, for him in the in the movie? I I don't know. Uh, can, can we can we get into this because I want to I want to spoil this thing. I actually okay, really want to spoil this thing. Boys, so. I got things to say, but yeah. let me let me, let me uh, throw out the disclaimer now. What I said about the film hasn't changed. I, I did enjoy it, and quite similar to what you were saying, um, where it was a spectacle, it was a spectacle. I did enjoy the fight scenes. Now these things that I've picked out um, in, in no in no particular order. Um, they are not things that necessarily break the film for me. They're just mm. simple things that I'm like, because I, I can't help but think this way. I'm like, okay, this, this didn't quite make sense, but, you know, it didn't break the film. Oh, wait, yeah. wait, this other thing didn't quite make sense, but it didn't break the film. And then they did something, I'm like, okay, okay, that's a bit silly. Um, but it's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep my expectations where I started off, which is not super duper duper high so that it doesn't hurt the film for me. Because there have been films in the past where I'm like, oh my gosh, it's going to be the best. Oh my gosh, I'm going to enjoy this so much. And then they do silly, silly things throughout the film. And I'm just like, that breaks the entire story. And it just yeah. ends up being a horrible film for me. But yeah. in this case, because I started off on a relatively, you know, reasonable level, as people should hype films, um, I wasn't disappointed um, in terms of the how I felt at the end. Now, I was disappointed with the plot in certain aspects, but that's what we're about to get into. Yeah, talk um, to me about the plot. Talk to me about the plot. Break it down for me. Okay, so the plot. The plot is we are now in 1984. Now, I'm going to start there. Throughout this entire film, well, it, when you hear that title, Tony, I'm going to ask you, when you hear that title, Wonder Woman, 1984, clearly Wonder Woman is the, na- is in the title. Mm-hmm. When you hear 1984 being a headline or the second title or the subtitle of the film, what would you expect out of the film? 80s goodness, you know, like that 80s music playing in the background, 80s product placement, people wearing MC Hammer trousers, uh, somebody randomly doing the running man for some reason, um, things like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it had that. It had the aesthetic for, 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 the, for the majority of it. Yeah. Um, however... When I saw 1984, I thought, okay, what happened in 1984 in our history? Mm-hmm. And 
it, it didn't go into that. It, it just felt like the title was just a way of saying, oh, we just picked, it looks like they just picked, picked a random uh, date from the 80s and just say, okay, yeah, cool, 1984. I'm like, oh, so something happens in 1984? Mm-hmm. No, no, just, just, it, it's just the 80s. Oh, okay. So it was very like, I, I thought they were going to lean into something that happened in 1984. I even looked on Google, I was like, what did happen in 1984? And then mm-hmm. nothing that happened in 1984 actually happened in the film yeah. all they did was use it as a uh, aesthetic to say we're in the 80s um it, it would have been as impactful if they said wonder woman in the 80s or wonder woman 1980s but for them to specifically say 84 i was thinking okay cool so what happened in the 84 and nothing nothing, they, they, nothing from that. but once again that didn't break that it didn't break the film but yeah. it was a it was a weird decision to say Okay, Wonder Woman, 1984, very specifically, as if something did happen during that time. So yeah, I was uh, that's a bit thrown by that. But yeah, that's that's one thing. Um, well, let's get into some of the uh, new abilities that we came across in this film, mm-hmm. uh, and how interestingly that they were introduced. So I think there were three or four abilities. Let's rewind. Let's re- let's rewind, Ken, because we haven't actually finished with the plot. Oh, you're right. You're right. We only kind of broke down the basic. Um, the it's landscape. Yep, yeah, you're right. She's now in the eighties, and the plot is: uh, Wonder Woman is lonely. She is still working as an archaeologist or someone that is heavily involved in uh, looking at artifacts from the past, uh, yeah. and that plays into some of the things that she does or that she has in the film. Um, so they, they they really lean in at the beginning when we caught, catch up with her in the 80s of her being uh, lonely, working, mm-hmm. and just going about um, her daily job. Uh, and also being a superhero. There, there, there's quite a few scenes at the beginning where it just shows her just saving small little crimes or small little uh, people, uh, so, so, uh, saving people from very minor inconveniences and potentially big inconveniences if it if she wasn't around. Mm-hmm. Um and it, it, it was just showing that, oh, she's still active as a superhero, but still trying to hide it because there's multiple times that she um, uh, uh, makes sure that people are like, Shh, don't worry, I wasn't really here. Can we keep the secret between us? Um, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, before we got to the 80s, we sh- they show a very big, long screening, uh, a big, long scene of her uh, as a kid in this almost olympic event for the amazonians on the mascara mm-hmm. and her as a little girl just going through this obstacle course and being almost toe-to-toe actually no superior than some of these grown amazons through this obstacle course um and they only use that scene well there was a couple of reasons for using that scene the scene was to show the big well a nice beginning action scene to show like oh wow look how amazing this film is or how nice it looks or how fun it is uh, the other aspect was to introduce the main theme of the film, mm-hmm. which was um, you're not allowed to cheat in life. Don't cheat in life. Um, no good comes from, and I think that's what they said, no good comes from cheating. Um, I, think, I think it's actually it was- more specific than that. I think the cheating was yeah. one aspect, but I think there was an aspect of truth. I think it's yes. because she tried to. So in the whole beginning uh, scene, uh, there's mm-hmm. an obstacle course, and she's winning for the most part. But something happens to her. I think it was maybe her arrogance. She looks back to see her competitors while she's on mm-hmm. horse. As she turns around, she gets hit by a branch and falls off. And this is, you know, the, the horse leaves her. She's she's kind of 
messed up pretty bad but she sees this uh this pass through it's kind of like this drain uh, that you can slide through and cut through and she does but the problem is as you're going through this obstacle obstacle course there's these chevrons that you have to hit with your uh, bow and arrow and they yep. send up a smoke plume of color each competitor has got a different color but she misses one and it's supposed to be tallied by these other amazonians at the uh, the finish line um so when she takes the the shortcut she manages to get ahead of her competitors get back on her horse and as she's making it to the finish line she gets clotheslined by her, uh, her her aunt i forgot her name uh but but she's played by robin, uh, robin wright who is in um yeah uh, House of Cards. House I'm, of Cards yeah. I'm really happy that she came back, even though it was a flashback. I'm really happy that she came back. But she gets completely laid out. She starts crying like a little. Well, she's a little girl, so she's gonna cry like a little girl. She cries so hard, and she, I think it was the, her opportunity to tell the truth, but she chose to to lie or lie of omission, even though it was obvious to everybody that she she cheated and i think that's the theme there no not so much as just cheating because i get what you're saying in terms of the cheating thing right but the problem is they don't follow through with the cheating thing in anything else in the movie they're only focused on the truth thing yeah um which is super weird there's a lot of points in this film where they set up um themes and just abandon them yeah but carry on ken yeah yeah, yeah. no no i i agree um they they and that's what leads to some of the things in this film, like that, that whole setup of, you know, that that initial scene mm-hmm. and how it plays to the rest of the film. It it only touches upon it a little bit, um, and it almost felt like the the point of it was to set up a theme. Well, no, what the, the bigger point was to have an action scene, yes. uh, but have a very tentative link towards the actual theme. Uh, but yeah, cool. So we have the scene when she's young, we have the scene when she's uh, about feeling lonely. She comes across, uh, I forgot her name, Doctor, was it? I can't remember her name. I'm just going to call her the Doctor until yeah. I come up with a name. But it yeah. comes across the Doctor and they play into this uh, trope that we've seen so many times of the, um, the glasses-wearing nerd that people ignore or that feels down about themselves, that wants to be great. And um, if people don't know how I haven't seen it, she, you know, if you understand this trait, you know that she's going to become a villain uh, later on in this film. And that's exactly what happens. So the nerd with glasses, same thing happened with um, Electro in Spider-Man, saving happened with uh, um, Edward Nygma in the Batman film. Uh, same thing with Uma Thurman in Poison Ivy in, another, in the same Batman, no, in a different Batman film where you were the scientist or nerd with glasses and you transform. Oh, yes, uh, Selina Kyle in the another Batman film. Wow, Batman really likes turning uh, nerdy people into uh, villains uh, or anti-heroes. I don't think it's so, Batman. I think it's poor writers. That's what they like to do. Because this trope... Oh, no, the writers on Batman. Yeah. These tropes are dead and they're just... Continue. The fact that you brought up Electro now, I I I really hated Electro in Amazing Spider-Man Two. Like the idea that, oh, I'm this super awkward, almost pathological nerd, and just because I literally fall into a vat of electric eels, genetically modify electric eels, I I become a super villain. Like be, because the world was like people. Like he was even bullied. That's the thing I don't get. But that's neither here the point. But 
even with well, her characters, a similar thing is like her life is not that bad. She's no, a, a no. well-paying job. Her apartment is awesome. People don't okay respect her. Oh, now I'm gonna be a homicide, a homicidal supervillain. I yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Well, we're gonna get into that a little bit more because a, the the um, character is Barbara Minerva, by the way. Barbara Minerva, called yeah. Barbara. We call her Barbara, Doctor Barbara. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. Uh, she comes across Barbara, and then Barbara is completely blown away by um, uh, Diana. And, you know, she just wants to be around, just wants to be a friend, wants to be cool with her. And they do form a little nice little relationship uh, later on in the film, which was kind of fueled by Diana being more interested in about what she's interested in rather than actually being interested in her. But then I think it over- overall changed to actually being like, oh, she's actually pretty cool, just looking mm-hmm. out for her. Um, we come across Pedro Ca- uh, Pascal's character, who is an oil baron mm. uh, or oil tycoon who's failing. He's mm. get, uh, collected investments from different companies or one particular company in this film. And he hasn't capitalized on the investment because all the places that he said there would be oil, surprise, surprise, there was no oil. So now he, he's chasing uh, this person to, well, this person is chasing him to be like, all right, where's my money? If you don't have my money in the next 48 hours, I'm pulling my funding and yada, yada, yada. You're going to go bankrupt because you haven't promised on whatever. So Pedro has been a side mission for him. He's been looking for this magic stone that will allow him to, that he can, that the stone will allow him to grant wishes, which leads to the big action fight scene in the mall, or the reason for why that mall action scene was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a number of, goons or you know criminals they ran into a place and they uh took or stole uh, a side uh, a side hustle or a side crime uh, the 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 stores used as a front to collect or deliver stolen antiques so they were stealing that so i think to get back to pedro i don't know but mm-hmm. uh it wasn't alluded to that but they were stealing it and i think that's what they were trying to lead it to yeah. and that and it led to a very fantastical very 80s styled film um action scene inside the mall yeah now my well, one of my issues with that scene besides it was actually well shot it was quite goofy as well he even had yeah. some goofy sound effects yeah. so you know I, I, like i did enjoy it growing up watching superman and some of these other comic book films or the earlier ones yeah it just gave me that that vibes one of the biggest issues i have of it which was it was a bit weird it was not necessarily an issue but i was like okay that's that's weird i'm gonna put it to the side i don't really care about it but i'm gonna point it out during this podcast um so one of the guys freaked out grabbed a little girl and was dangling her over the floor so if he dropped the girl then she would have most likely died broke her legs or whatever mm-hmm. and his goon buddies or his criminal buddies were shouting like no no what are you doing don't do it no no that was Literally, super up, awkward up, yeah that was weird because up until that point the police were chasing them all of them yeah. the police were chasing all of them and then this guy decides i'm going to you know go off script and grab this girl and dangle her off the side of the building yeah if i i i, I I'm, I'm telling you, if I was one of his friends, if I was one of the criminals, I'd be like, oh, that's a nice distraction. I'm out. I'm yeah. out. Because all the police are focusing on this idiot dangling a little girl over the edge of a... Nah, come on. Behave yourself. That's, Behave. Not, that's not even the weirdest thing about it. The weirdest thing about it was one of the goons who, for some reason, had like bleach blonde hair, was about 50 years old. The camera stops to just focus on him, and this is a reenactment of it. This is what he does. No, don't do it. It was like one of the most cartoony things I have ever seen. 
in in a live action superhero movie it, it, it literally pulled me out i was thinking like that's some scooby-doo nonsense that, that's like one minute you're watching the beginning of superman and I, I i agree with what you're saying it definitely feels like the old 70s superman very whimsical com- um, comical in a way but it went beyond it went it almost became like a caricature of itself and it, i don't know whether that was intentional to be like an emotional moment it didn't come up that way it just became like um one of those like three stooges sketch the guys literally felt like the three stooges um just bumbling idiots and the whole time I'm watching it, and it's an awesome scene, and I love the fact that they chose to go um, practical with most of the film. I, I give uh, Patty Jenkins, the director, that she chose to do a lot of this stuff like with, with really good wire work and staging, as opposed to relying too much on CG. And it does make for a bit more grounded stuff. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but when it does really work, it feels more impactful. But there's moments in this where Wonder Woman um, defeats the uh, these, these robbers, which I don't know why she's wasting her time with that. You just kicked ass in World War One. You, you destroyed a, a god, the god of war. And yet you have time to go around and smack around a few a few breakers. But it's for the purposes of the plot, right? But it's just handled in such a goofy way. She literally throws a guy through a giant drum. He holds on to the back of it and starts spinning like he's a, as a top. And I'm like... Yeah, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> what, what am I watching? It's, um, it's silly. It's very silly. It's silly. But, you know, moving on into further into the film... Uh, Barbara Minerva actually meets up with Diana. You get the introduction of her and, you know, she's the bumbling idiot and the writers are chosen to make it seem like because she's such a nerd, she's such an awkward person, the world has disdain for her. Like her colleagues, this Asian dude that she clearly has feelings for, they kind of allude to, literally looks at her like a piece of dirt. Like she does not even deserve to live. She's literally laid out on the floor with all of her papers. He walks over like... Um, excuse me are you even human get out of it that's how he moves and it's like why 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 would you even treat a person like that but that's the choice that they made moves on she meets diana they have a great rapport they seem like they're going to be best of friends and they discover what is this um this stone which seems innocuous it doesn't seem to be important um it's a macguffin every every kind of superhero movie needs that search for the crystal skull kind of thing um but you have the introduction to maxwell lord which i think is the best thing about this film him and and um well i'll get into the spoiler character later but pedro pascal is the man of 2020 he has just given him performance after performance and he's just a great actor Uh, he plays the character maxwell lord like you said um old baron um, it's fallen on hard time, but he's not like a typical moustache twirling villain. He's a guy that is charismatic, but his superpower is his charisma. Yeah, yeah. He has, he has no powers before that. He's just a normal guy. But he's obviously tricked all of these people to give him money because he's charismatic. He's a, he was a TV personality before. Uh, but it's obviously backfired, and these people... Uh, one person in particular, Simon Stagg, which is a reference to the comic book, another supervillain. Um, 
he wants his money back. And obviously Pedro's panicking, but all this time, Pedro's character, Maxwell Lord, um, has been doing research on that stone and discovers that it's a wish-granted stone. Going back to Barbara Minerva, she innocuously picks up the stone because she sees the, the confidence, the sexiness of uh, uh, Diana Prince. She kind of inadvertently said, like, I wish I had her comf uh, confidence. I wish I was as strong as Diana. Not realizing she's actually saying she wants to be as strong as Wonder Woman, but I thought that was very clever that they did that. The fact that in her wish, she wanted to be like Diana, but Diana in her entirety is more than just that woman. She is Wonder Woman. I thought that was very clever. Then the next day she wakes up, she's a bit more confident. She can walk in her heels, the wheels that she couldn't walk in before because for some reason, this woman that's clearly in her 30s, 40s, has never wore heels before. She has no experience. Today she chooses to wear heels and she's a complete and utter idiot, I guess. Yeah, well, she's trying to look good for work and uh, she's, uh, she wants to be able to walk in heels like Wonder Woman because she does it so well. Yeah, but the thing, I actually asked... Um, a few girls about this and everyone has told me it's like after like two or three wears you kind of get uh, how to wear in heels like how do you own heels and not know how to walk in them she would have <laughs> had to literally bought them yeah, the day before well. in anticipation for work and say i'm gonna ro rock in heels but tony is to sell the aesthetic of the bumbling nerdy character uh, yeah. just doing something yeah. and they had to give a reason you know we know it would have made more sense but you know we can't speak you know our, mm -hmm. our people's experience into other people's experience but we know there are people out there that never wore heels and blood like, you know what let me try this out let me dress myself up a bit let me wear heels at work yeah you know that required me to be on my feet all day because uh, yeah. you know uh, women love wearing heels and being on their hey, feet hey 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 careful ken careful ken you are assuming what women do I, I, ain't, oh, I, ain't trying bad, get, I ain't trying to get in trouble with no woman out there. You know, this is a PC place. No, no, it's not. I don't really care. Um, Apologies. I, I didn't know my sarcasm wasn't coming through. <laughs> but yeah, sorry. Let, let, let's, but you let's know not, how the uh, internet is. too much on this. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, but I, I know. Carry, carry on and tell me how you feel about this film, because I think I need to detach myself, because I have, I have passionate feelings about this film, Ken. Okay, and, well, that, you know what? That, I like when films introduce things mm. and use them, but I don't like it when they introduce it within the moment and then we have to accept it there and then. I'm like, oh, wait, 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 wait. This is a new thing. Oh, okay, it's mm. happening now. Oh, oh, it's now. It's happening now. And that yeah. happened quite a few times um, with some of the power-ups that come up in this film. Mm -hmm. So primar the, the primary power-ups that I am talking about um, is the new invisible powers that she apparently has. Now, Tony, we both read comics um, mm -hmm. and... You know, to be honest, let's not lie. TV shows and films tend to add things that may or may not have been in comics. So it's okay to say if something did get added in this film that wasn't there before. Yes. Um, my, my only issue with the additional ability of, for the people that haven't seen it, what she does is she does this little, uh, Steve and her, uh, 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 well, get into a plane and the whole idea in the comics that, Diana has an invisible plane. And so they make the link that, oh, the same invisible power that they used to cover with their mascara is the same invisible power we're going to use to cover the ship. And then she was like, oh, I used to, uh, I've only done it once with a coffee mug, but then I lost it because obviously she, she hit it by accident. And she says, I've never done this before. I'm going to try it again. Then she tries it and then it happens. Now, this took within 20 seconds, mm -hmm. 20 seconds of introducing it and using it. 
Yeah. It has not been previously established in previous films or earlier on the film. I would have enjoyed if they introduced that scene where, without saying any words, just showing her actually getting rid of that cup by accident by using that power to establish mm. like, oh, she's discovered that she can do this. Yeah. This might come in later on. And it and it did. Yeah. And, you know, and she it's, it's happened a couple of times where she's talked about a, a power-up that we would see and then the power-up will come up. Yes. But within seconds of introducing it. For yes. example, the Lasso of Truth. Um, the Lasso of Truth, to my knowledge, I thought he was wrapped around someone and it tells him the truth. But now it can show people the truth as well. And that was yes. established within seconds before it was actually used. Mm. And then we had the um, the other one, which was the... Ah, oh, there was another one. With the, lasso, with the Lasso, I'll give them the benefit of doubt of this, right? It's not called the Lasso of Tell the Truth. It's called the lasso of truth. Now, oh no, no, that's fine. I'm just yeah. talking about establishing it. It was established yeah. within yeah. seconds, just before it was used. It was never previously established earlier on in the film. But which you're is a big, you're a big fan of show don't tell. They showed you. I guess maybe again, I'm giving mm-hmm. them the benefit of the doubt of production. Maybe they did have these shots and they just chose to cut them. Bear in mind, this movie is two hours and fifteen minutes, give or take. Um, it's already kind of running long. So I could assume that maybe there was a scene with the invisibility thing where she did it with the cup and they just cut it. Maybe with the whole lasso to show the truth, there there was that scene. And for the sake of uh, pacing, they cut it. This happens a lot. Again, to the benefit of the audience, we don't give a crap about that. No, we, we don't. Yeah. No. I, I, it, it just felt... Like, oh, okay, this is the thing now. <laughs> and, mm. you know, th- that's that's happened a few times in in, in this film, yeah. uh, primarily with the lasso and with the invisible abilities. Now, the other two things that got revealed that were brand new to the film that were quote-unquote abilities um, were the uh, armor from uh-huh. from from um, the old Amazonian that comes in later on. Um, the introduction of that was through the introduction of the lasso's previously not established ability, which showing the truth. Oh, this is what the lasso can do, can show you the truth. And this is one armor. It's like, oh, where did the armor come from? Once again, they introduced the armor through that flashback. Mm-hmm. I would have enjoyed, and you're probably right, because with uh, the timings of the film, um, I would have loved to see her on her archaeological like journey of just going different places and therefore discovering the armor. So like, oh, this is my the armor of my of my people, you mm. know, and then say and then taking it home. Um, but well, you know, it was it was I done think... very quickly with a flashback, which is fine, which is fine. I, I just like I said, I, I I like to see things being discovered. She yeah, has the thing. power. I don't because, think she discovered yeah. the armor. Um, I think that might be us doing some writing there as if she found it on one of her trips. I think it was literally something that was sitting in Thaoscaro when she left, when she went back, left, because I'm assuming she she went back after the events of World War One. She just kind of took her stuff with her. So I don't think it was one of the, one of the things she found on an expedition. I think it was in Thaoscaro. She's living in DC now. She just took it with her. Mm. So I mean, I, yeah. in that, in we, that... we, we can assume, we can assume, yeah. but yeah, it, it just, it just, I, because we're assuming, because we weren't told, yeah. um, you know, I, I just would like to have that connection. But once again, I'm, I'm being very uh, picky with some of these things, but mm-hmm. not, not to say that it's a bad thing that they didn't do this. I'm just saying it would have been nice as a story, a visual, a way of visually telling the story. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, 
you're, you're establishing how people establish things in films. Yeah. Um, and the last power-up was the ability to fly. Now, yeah. this one was set up quite well, I think. It, it will set up quite well. Um, we knew it was coming. We knew that the invisible plane was coming. We knew that her being able to fly was coming. Um, and her ability to fly, I think, was set up quite well. It's set up with the emotional aspects that she um, had with uh, Steve Trevor. And, you know, in his statement um, about flying, she, she never understood flying. And mm. by the way that he told her, it helped to understand, you know, what flying was all about and it helped to work. Now, I don't know how you can translate words of how's flying work to, oh, I get it now. I can now fly. But, you know, it doesn't matter because once again, it's something that we know from the comics mm-hmm. is a real thing. Like the invisible plane was a real thing. Her Wonder Woman, one of the staples of Wonder Woman, at least later on in the comics, was her ability to fly. And now yes. she can fly. Yes. Like they, they gave a, a weird reason, but at least they attempted to visually and emotionally show that reason mm-hmm. through the film to why she now can fly, which is yeah. cool. I'm, I'm okay with that. Well, do you know uh, what I can say about yeah. this, right? Um, I can imagine a lot of people... Um, asking that question. In terms of what the film has done, I'm still not too sure if Wonder Woman can fly or not. Because while she's up there, so she 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 jumps up there, she's in the sky, she's floating, but she whips out her lasso, she grabs onto, I want to say one point is a cloud and another point is lightning, and she pulls herself along. Is she doing that to keep her in the air? Because it wasn't very clear to me is... Is she flying or is she doing a Buzz Lightyear falling with style? Well, I think everyone had that question after the first film. Because remember in the first film when she was standing on the Lady Liberty mm-hmm. and she kind of jumps off and everyone's like, oh, she's not really falling in a pattern that we could recognise. Mm-hmm. Is she flying? But yeah. then this film came out, 1984 came out and was like, oh, yeah, no, she wasn't flying. So I think they left it ambiguous in the first film. People thinking that maybe she can fly, but then she wasn't. She was using the lasso to get around in the sky. Mm. But, you know, it, it it's almost harder to hide that with how that they shot some of those scenes, which yeah. felt very reminiscent of Superman, oddly enough, yeah. right, when he was uh, discovering to fly in the um, in the original 70s films. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that, yeah, I think she can fly now. Yeah, I think just that execution and how they showed it for me came off a bit ambiguous. But I can yeah, say yeah. this: we don't give any grief in like in any of the other superhero movies. I was going to say that they develop their powers, and for us to kind of scrutinize how she developed her ability to fly, maybe it was done clunkily. But we never actually asked how does Superman fly. We just like when we see him fly, he flew, and we just kind of um, took it. Well, yeah, yeah, no, no, I completely agree because with um, Superman, it's kind of like, okay, you you went from Krypton to Earth, different suns. Because it's different suns, you, you can now run fast. You can now laser vision. You can now fly. You're, you're now a photosynthesis plant where the sun gives you energy. Eh? <laughs> you know, we didn't question it. And I'm still not questioning it because I know that's mm. what the Like, it's just cool. I accept it. Oh, you got powers. Cool. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to leave it like that because... Yeah. You know, same thing with almost every single superhero. Like, Martian Manhunt is just as strong as Superman. Uh, well, I'm not as strong as Superman, but he has it depends, just as it many depends superpowers. On the depends on the writer. Yeah, because the times when Superman or Superboy punches reality. But we're not going to get into it. We're not going to get into yeah. it. But, you know, we've got so many superheroes that um, have a plethora of different powers. And there's a very weak link to why. 
beyond just because. Shut up. Mm. Watch the film. Watch the film. Read the yeah. comics. Watch the TV show. Um, so yeah. So I, I that's why I couldn't justify being annoyed. But I, I'm like, well, everyone else just gets powers flung flung their way. Mm. So I'm not even too mad. Uh, but yeah, let's let's keep it moving. Um, yeah. Now so, the the whole yeah, gone. Um, are, are, are you do you do you still have more to say with your with your kind of analysis? Because I don't want to I don't want to jump in because I got I got a whole thing. I don't want to jump in. I'm trying to I try to hold myself back here, Ken. I'm trying to hold myself. Okay, back. okay, okay. All right, cool. I'm gonna just list off some things that I thought was kind of weird. Yeah. Spend about uh, less than a minute on it, and then just keep it moving. Uh, one one well, one of the things that was just like a bit of a plot. It was weird in the plot. So Diana just thought of what she wished and got it, mm-hmm. where it was later on established that he had someone had to say it or while touching the stone. Mm-hmm. But it seems like you don't even have to say it. You can just hold the stone and and think or will what that wish is, and then mm-hmm. the wish comes through. Because that's how Steve, uh, that's how Steve Trevor, the pilot, came back. Yes. Um, so she, she she didn't have to verbalize it. She so so what if someone wished something in their mind while, you know, talking to Pedro Pascal or looking at the stone and then that wind animation comes through. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we don't know what's in people's hearts, you know, beyond what they were saying, which leads later on to the whole idea of the particles bouncing off of, you know, the satellite to beam onto people's TVs, wish whatever you want. Well, the sunlight is a particle and a wave or can be seen as a particle and a wave. So by able to see Pedro Pascal, you're more or less bouncing the sun particles off of him onto you and vice versa. So you don't actually have to touch him to actually like wish for something. You literally look at them. He doesn't have to worry about the satellite bouncing these particles off the satellites. You can literally just look at this guy and wish it. Sorry, you don't have to look at him. You can look at him, don't even say anything and just will it within your heart just by looking at him and you'll get your wish. Because that's the rules that were established in this film. But, you know, that, that was one thing I was like, wait a minute, so how does this wishing thing work? Do you have to be touching them? No, you don't have to be touching them because the particles bounce off the satellite. Do you have to actually say it? Well, no, because one woman didn't say anything, but it's still true. She got her wish. Yeah, very, very weird. Um, now, when Wonder Woman got her wish to bring this guy back, uh, two weird things happened. The first weird thing, which was very evident, um, it Steve Trevor got beamed into another man's life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which was very messed up. Yep. <laughs> she got beamed into an engineering guy's life. Um, and now he's walking and talking with this guy's, as Avatar, hosting Steve's, you know, soul, maybe. Mm-hmm. And now that's how Steve is back. He's not actually his body. He's not actually anything. It's the, the universe decided, well, we can't bring his body back, so we're going to beam his him, his being, into someone else's body, which is kind of messed up because this guy just woke up one day. He's like, wait a minute, the world is burning. And now, I don't know where I've been for a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, did I have sex? Because, mm-hmm. you know, one woman and Steve had sex. Oh. Like, oh. And, oh, you know, you, you, you already know that's already an issue if we swap the genders. If we swap the genders and this oh. story that happened. Anyway, well, well, I'm not going to get too much into that. But they more or less snatched this guy's life <laughs> and put another man's soul into it. And then he was just asleep for a week. Now, this guy could have died because Steve was doing some very dangerous things with guns and cars and stuff. You know, he could have just been written off this earth with his body just because of a wish. Mm. Do you know what? He didn't even, he didn't even wish for anything for him yeah. to be subjected to this because yeah. people that wish things lost things. But this guy didn't wish for anything. He just was about and then boom, he lost his consciousness. Anyway, yeah. that, that was one I, I, thing that I thought was quite I'm not, <laughs> not going to lie. I'm not gonna lie, Ken. Yeah, but Yo. isn't that statutory rape? 
Yes. <laughs> that yes. is a crime. And she didn't care. She said, like, I don't care what body you got right now. I'm in love with your soul. And I'm going to bang the crap out of that soul. Exactly. I'm going to make he, that he soul look like nut. To her. He didn't look like Steve to her. That was just, that was just for crazy, us. That's right? That's for the audience. You know what would be messed up, though? That imagine yeah. this guy is just, like, really, really good at research. It was never Steve. It was just a dude that read up about Steve Trevor <laughs> and Wonder Woman. Going on? <laughs> and he just convinced her that he was reincarnated Steve just to get that ass. That that is so inappropriate. Hey, that is <laughs> nothing I've said has been inappropriate compared to what actually happened in the film. Boy, can you imagine? Because you if imagine? that was if that was flipped, it's Superman. If Superman one day discovered Lois in another body and said, Oh my god, Lois. I, is, you're not, I can't see your I don't care. form. Love's love. Yeah, but I see your heart and I see your personality. It must be you, Lois. And she, the woman just says yes. And because Lois is in that body and he proceeds to bang the living super Kryptonian out of her. These are just a puddle of a woman. And that woman wakes up and she's like, wait, wait, what happened? Where am I? What just happened? Did you, <laughs> did you, did you just... It's actually mad. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's something that I'm like, why did they go for that anyway? The, yeah. I don't know why they went for that plot point, but it's something that happened. Because you know, um, the weirdest thing about it is that, yeah. like, I this is this is this is me, right? And 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 I'm gonna jump in here because I'm gonna jump back in later. I'm just gonna be jumping. I'm a bunny rabbit right now. But this this is this is it, right? That scene could have been so awesome if they did it in another way one they could have done it in a way that that guy was in a vegetative state he was the only body available so when yeah. they had a soul in it it went into yeah. him or not do the whole um soul in a body thing because there's weirder things that happen in the other film that just manifest my assumption is that early on they wanted to do that because it felt less mystifying is something that you know it's it's magic light because we don't want to yeah. break any universe thing so his soul is in another body. We, you know, th there's limits to the soul, uh, to the magic stone. It can't bring a body back. And yet, later down in the film, is doing things like randomly building walls, changing a woman into a, a human woman into a cheetah lady. But we can't resurrect a whole body to put a soul in. What we're going to do? Put it in another human being's body and allow him to be raped by Wonder Woman because that's okay. It's wild. It's wild. It's wild. <laughs> it's actually wild. <laughs> Boy. But people just ate him like, yeah, cool. No, it's great. Um, that, that's, it's a problem. Now, when she made this wish, when, when she made this wish, what happened was that you meant to lose something. You, it's, the, it's the monkey paw aspect of it, where you mm -hmm. wish for something, you, 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 you lose something out of it. What Wonder Woman lost was her abilities. She started mm -hmm. losing her abilities. Now, when she quote unquote lost her abilities, she didn't really lose her abilities. Because there was a couple of scenes to show, oh, maybe she's getting weaker. Mm -hmm. But then she would do other scenes to show that, no, maybe she's not getting weaker. Yeah. <laughs> For example, um, so there, there are two instances that shows her weakness. No, three instances where it shows her weakness. The first one was when she was trying to break a lock on a shutter. Mm -hmm. And she struggled. She eventually was able to break it, but she uh, struggled a little bit. And then another part that showed her weaknesses is when she was fighting... Um, the doctor, mm -hmm. uh, Miranda, Dr. Miranda. And Miranda was, you know, 
putting hands on her, man. She, she was she was giving her the business mm. and, you know, she was handling her. And the third time that, you know, showed weakness was when, you know, she was bleeding, which was getting shot. Now, my issue with the one getting shot, it hasn't been, you know, established in, in the, any of the previous films or even in this film that Wonder Woman is bulletproof. Mm. So her bleeding shouldn't be an indicator that she's, you know, uh, a week maybe her not being able to deflect the bullets sure which is which they kind of alluded to but her being able to bleed shouldn't be a reason you know it, it hasn't been previously established that she's bulletproof or bullet resistant so i i, I thought i thought it was quite interesting that they didn't that, that they used that as a measuring stick about um her powers mm-hmm. but then that's the, all the ways that they showed her weaknesses but then like i said there's been scenes where it's like oh maybe she's not you know, weak anymore, because one of the biggest action scenes where she was running down a, a road, I can't remember where it is, I think it's in the Middle East, um, chasing down Pedro in the car, she, at one point, running at over 40 miles per hour, was bent, was benching a, t- a tank, not a car, a tank, pushing it up against its side, moving at 40 miles per hour, she's moving at 40 miles per hour, the, the tank's moving at 40 miles per hour, now there's friction on the tires and she's still moving and she struggled to break a lock. Mm-hmm. Are you nuts? Do you know what the forces are needed to move? Not just a tank, a tank at 40 miles per hour, but against wind resistance and tire resistance or so the tire against the floor resistance and still be able to bench it, pushing against the uh, road, still moving at stupid speeds. And, be careful. and she struggled with a lock. Your your, that, math, that, your math teacher is showing, be careful. Hey, hey, come on, man. Like, like... You, you, Two plus two make the don't have to. It's not, it's not difficult, bro. Like there was too many things here. I was like, this don't add up. <laughs> this one don't add up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, once again, that was a big show of she's still got these abilities, even when she was gliding through the sky and whipping her way through the clouds. I'm like, you still got powers. It's yeah. not like it was um, Spider Man, Spider Man Two when he was losing his powers when he completely was he he reverted back to a human essentially mm-hmm. or. Who else had a, a depowered Superman? Superman got depowered in one of his films. Well, and those, he... are, those are like two different things, though, because with no, 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 no. But but you know, with those things, it was more of a mental, emotional thing. With this mm. one, they stated, "Yes, you are losing your powers." Mm. So there was more mystical amount of it. So mm. one of them was completely mystical. So why didn't it mystically remove all her powers? It didn't. Whereas with the Superman and Spider-Man one, it was more of a mental or a, a, an acceptance type thing. Mm. but then it, they, the powers technically haven't really gone away, but they were still showing weakness more so than they're showing Wonder Woman's weaknesses because she really didn't lose her powers, saying like, oh, you need your powers, you need to get them back, you need to revoke your wish. It's like, no, she, she seems maybe like 80% of who she is. <laughs> she maybe lost 20% of um, her abilities. Uh, so well, yeah, that, that, I, I, that was I thought- a bit weird for me. I've got a possible explanation for that. Um, please, please give me something. <laughs> I think it was, um, it seemed gradual to me. From when I was watching it, it seemed like she was gradually getting weaker. So by, the, by, by, the, by, the uh, by the time that um, Minerva, Barbara Minerva gets her abilities from her wish, uh, she's kicking the crap out of Wonder Woman. Then eventually Wonder Woman gets shot. Then there's a point where she's literally looking straight up gray. Um, I think it's a progression thing, but it does link into the interesting thing with the whole wish mechanic, where it's very confusing. But very. 
um i will I'll, I'll probably get into it a bit deeper but i think the the progression of it progression of it is a price to pay uh everything has a price with the monkey paw thing everything has a price so i think her price is that the longer he's there the more progressive her one is because i guess it's one of those one with a monkey paw situation it can't be overt right with all of those monkey paw movies i, I guess maybe there was only one movie but it, the whole thing is that it's always subtle because otherwise, you know, if it's over, nobody will ever wish on a monkey paw. It always has to be like a subtle consequence to actually entice people to do it, thematically speaking. No, I'll give you that. Yeah, fair enough. Because it, it was that. It was a, a, a very subtle depowering, but not a complete depowering. Um, mm. And it didn't feel like, personally, it didn't feel like she was getting weaker. Um, I mean, she didn't feel like she was getting progressively weaker, but it did look like, it did feel like she did get a bit weaker. Yeah. Um, well, the whole like monkey paw aspect does play a bit into the doctor as well, Dr. Minerva, mm -hmm. because she said that she wanted to be like uh, Diana. Now, to me, if you're going to be like someone, you take on their mannerisms, you take on their personality, you take on things wider than just the physical. But it seems like that part was ignored by the, mm -hmm. um, by the stone or the magic because her personality became slowly and slowly more sour. Mm -hmm. But that's not how Diana is. That's not like Diana because she, she's never seen the aspect of Diana where she's wicked or cruel or heartless or anything like that. Yeah. And because she hasn't seen anything like that, why would her personality turn sour when she hasn't seen sour from Diana? So Maybe. I found it quite weird that the thing that she lost was still part of the deal of becoming that Wonder Woman. Yeah, it kind you know of contradicted I mean? itself because if you want exactly. to be the, my, Diana, why not adopt her humanity instead there of you go. losing your losing humanity yours. as a price? I guess it's one of those ones. It's it's like it reminds me of this old episode of Are You Afraid of a Dark? It's be careful what you wish for. You might just get it. But it's one of those ones. The thing that's giving you the wish is always there to mess with you. The fact that they make a point later that... Um, the thing that powers the stone is from this uh, ancient god, a god of lies. So it's like, as much as you think you're wishing for something very specific, or even if it's not specific, you think it's within parameters. And maybe even us as an audience, we think is within parameters. That thing is lying to you. It's giving you what it thinks you want from what you're saying, but all the while it's lying to you. So yeah, you're wishing to be like Diana and maybe you want the full package of what Diana is and you want her strength, but that's all you're, you're thinking. But along the lines, you're thinking, oh, I'm getting the full package. You know, I want, I wanted uh, Microsoft Windows 10. I should get everything on Windows 10, not half of it. But that's where the stone lies to you and only gives you that partial package. It, it takes something away even it, within the deal that it gives you because that's how it sours you. You have become confident, you become powerful, you become fierce, but I'm gonna take away your humanity to temper that. So in the end, you actually might even become something that you hate and you might end up hating yourself because of it if there is still humanity. There was a lingering bit of humanity there for her. But, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, and I think um, that that plays a big part in it, man. Mm -hmm. um, even when we were, even when we see, um, when when we when we think about 
you know, because she lost her humanity, uh, or, or maybe the the, the aspect of she, she enjoyed the power so much that she her, uh, her mood kind of soured, mm. and it's like, no, no, I want to keep this, want to keep this. I don't want to change this. I want to, I want to get more. I want more. So yeah. maybe that, that is exactly what she lost. Um, yeah, man, and. Well, actually, that, that that plays a little bit into um, one thing that happens at the end because they had to figure out a way to make a chitara. They had mm-hmm. to make uh, figure out a way to make a chitara. So my thing is because uh, the the it's completely retconned from what is in the co- comics. It, it, it's not the the way that um, chitara became uh, chitara in, in the yeah. in the comic. In the comics, it was more mystical. It was more to do with a ritual and everything. In yeah. this film, it was Pedro Pascal becoming almost omnipotent with all these millions of wishes giving her the ability to he more or less pointed at her transformed her i give you this i give you this i give you this now my question is if she's becoming cheetah like or looking like a cheetah where did he get that from because he's exchanging wishes for other people's things so are you telling me he got the traits of a cheetah from a cheetah did a cheetah make a wish and that's what he exchanged to you know make that bridge to give to uh, um uh, to the doctor because how in your abilities of transferring over things that you want how did you transfer that over to this woman yeah because basically again, what happened was that there was a tv on at the local zoo and uh, the cheetah was there. It's like, oh man, I wish I was back in Africa, man. I want, I want to be free to run again and roam. And obviously, I wish I could be back in Africa and free. And that cheetah made that wish. Watch while watching TV. That goes to Maxwell. Um, is it Maxwell Lord? It goes to Maxwell yeah. Lord. And Maxwell Lord decides, hey. I'm going to give you your trip back to Africa, but I'm going to take away your whole existence of being a cheater and I'm going to give it to that lady. So essentially you are just probably a puddle of blood in Africa because she's got your cheater life and ability. That's, I, I don't. That makes more sense than what happened in the film. (laughs) I don't know. Because you know, the crazy thing is, right? I think, I think I want to jump in. I think I want to cap this uh, Wonder Woman uh, review off with uh with 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 a a bit of a rant but i'm gonna start off positive i'm gonna start off very positive i i i had fun for the most part with this film this film knew at times not to take itself too seriously i think the comedic moments with maxwell lord were, were were really funny he compared to most villains he seemed to actually have a personality he had a purpose he was tired of being a less a than a man, yeah, a loser. A, but I, I'm thinking like a less than man, you know, like your man, but not really, not in the eyes of the people that truly matter. And he's always because he was Hispanic. Well, he is Hispanic. Uh, humble beginnings, trying to make his way, way through, you know, white America, lying his way to to the top, and failing several times along the way but he has a son which the son plot line i both liked and disliked i think the powerful moments were truly powerful because there was a moment where the son uh wished that had his dad was a, a great man even though the dad maxwell lord wanted him to wish for something himself he wanted his son to be able to wish to be great 
Um, but his sons, because he just wants to be with his dad and his dad's so busy trying to be this great man, he barely even gets to see his own dad. Obviously, he's divorced from his mother, so it's like a tumultuous childhood. Um, for his son to actually wish his dad to be a great man, that was that was heartbreaking to me. And I think it was heartbreaking for the character because you see him just grab his son and just kiss him. And just before that, he says, no, why would you do that? Um, because obviously he has to grant grant the wish. And, and it's only one wish. It's only one wish. And obviously he wants his son. He can't just grant people stuff. It's not like point and say, I'm going to give you this. He wants to give his son something that maybe he can't do himself. And his son is so selfless and just gives it to him. But that's a positive aspect. I love the fact that it's colorful. I think um, DC's been doing a great thing recently. Better job. Going to, yeah, much better job. Steering away from the gray drab browns and blacks um we're going to get more of that later next year with um the snyder cut of the justice league which i'm actually slightly excited for i think if it's a better product then all the best i'm not going to be here one of those ones like uh, the last one was crap so this one's going to be crap i'm not going to watch any trailers i'm going to go into it blind and if it's good it's good if it's bad it's bad um but that's you know, it man there's yeah. no point being angry at, at, at nothing and but it's, it's, you just know, a, it's like, a fanboy the, thing though to, to be angry so like yeah. oh marvel you're yeah. dc you suck um but in terms of like what i've been doing with obviously with aquaman it being you know some people like it some people hate it i kind of like aquaman it's silly goofy fun but i don't think it's as goofy as wonder woman it doesn't take as many leaps as wonder woman um again reiterate i love the mm. fact that they went uh, um really practical with a lot of the action i think they did a fantastic job with that in uh, the first Wonder Woman, you know, I love when you see her do that knee slide and kick a guy. Oh, she uh, she loves his... sliding, man. She she loves her sliding. Knee... They don't do a lot of jump cuts either. The jump um, cuts are almost non-existent with this. Dude, her knees must be rougher than a corner street hole. The way she be Bro, sliding on those knees. Who do you think Megan Thee Stallion designed her knees after? She went to she probably went to the surgeon. And was like, do you know what? Like, I need new knees. And like the doctor's like, okay, what what type of knees do you need? Like. I'm a Wonder Woman knees, and now, you, oh my God! Like it, it should be a song. So, that should be a song. Huh? That should be. It, there should be a song called Wonder Woman knees. Give me Wonder Woman knees. Hey, give me Wonder Woman oh, knees. I want Wonder Woman knees. Me Wonder Woman knees. Um, but yeah, like that was dope. But where it kind of failed was there was one scene where she was supposed to do like a super speed run. And she was on wires and it looked like she was just kind of twiddling her legs in the air as she was running across the street. Oh, yeah, I think that, looked, that, that looked goofy. That was a moment to, to CG that. I don't know what the uh, the budget of the film was. I'm assuming it was higher than the last one, but that was a moment where CG should have taken over. Um, yeah. I wonder if people in this world will forget what happened in 1984 because it didn't erase memories. Everything just went back to the way it was. <laughs> maybe maybe it did. I don't know because there's a scene hey, where a rocket unexplodes and goes back into its bunker. So. I I I I don't know. Um, Pedro didn't forget. Wonder Woman didn't forget. <laughs> Boy. Moving on swiftly. So uh, that's that, that's uh, that was a positive aspect. I I, I love the practicality of it. Um, I think Gal Gadot has. A, I, I I'm not going to say she's the most amazing actress, but she has definitely improved as an actress from Batman versus Superman to Wonder Woman, Justice League, she felt more natural 
in this film. Like the moments of true emotions felt genuine. Um, the moment of the just basic delivery wasn't wooden. I felt like you think about Gal Gadot back in Fast and the Furious, very, very wooden to Gal Gadot now where she's delivering lines and I'm forgetting those other performances. I'm kind of like in the moment. Um, Kristen Wiig. Yeah. I think she's in a tremendous talent. I love her on SNL. Her I didn't as, recognize her. I, I genuinely didn't. I didn't recognize her. I was like, I, I knew who she was. I was like, nah, yeah. this ain't her. Yeah, she she yeah she's brilliant. She's yeah. absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And I think uh, she, she's a bit wasted because her her comedic timing. If you was gonna go the the route of you know the Richard Donner Superman lighthearted goofiness, that would have been the perfect opportunity to do that with Minerva. It was in, kind of in this weird middle spot, but I think she handled it quite well. Where she's just a human being that's just enthusiastic but you know often it's the case when you see somebody that's a bit too enthusiastic you call them a neek you call them a nerd that's why we do this pop uh this podcast because we are unapologetically nerds we are enthusiastic about this stuff and we want to put it out there and sometimes the world can look at that and say like why are you so enthusiastic about stuff you're just a bumbling idiot go away you're dead and yeah yeah the, the way she she did that without actually being a cartoon character was really cool and even from her transition from um getting the abilities i like the fact that it wasn't immediate i got my ability now i'm, I'm a sexy badass it's like she was falling into her confidence she had the ability yeah. she had a strength and almost through that it her personality shone without and she she was in a you know, open area at work, busting jokes with people, having a good time because she felt physically strong. She felt desired and that boosted her self-confidence. Downside to that is that what kind of message are you sending to people that if you stop being yourself and be somebody else because you wish to be somebody else, you will have a better life? I don't know about that messaging. I'm, I don't... That aspect... Well if it was to play out the entire film that there is always seen you, you it almost says it's almost trying to say that you will lose yourself or the thing that's special about you by chasing the things that are not you so try and make things work for yourself uh because ever so slowly she became more and more villainous more mm. and more uh, uh evil yes. so and even though they said it's because of the wish, I'm not entirely convinced it was the wish that mm -hmm. that she she lost all of that. Mainly because um, we've seen this trait in so many different films where sometimes the villain later on realizes, "Oh no, I've been an idiot. This is not who I am." Let me actually mm -hmm. go. Back. And you know, they they just gave her that get out of jail free card. Oh, it was because of the wish. Yeah. So you know, so I, I think it does kind of show a lesson in, in what you were saying, where like, yeah you know you get what you want and therefore everything's better mm -hmm. uh but also you know it, it does double edge where you, you'll come across things and this is also true you know sometimes what you get which does play into the next film we're going to talk about soul mm -hmm. you know you, you you get what you want but then it's not quite what you think it is at mm -hmm. the end you know um yeah. let yeah. me let me flip the switch now i yeah. am gonna go into my bag and i again I need to preface, I actually enjoyed this film. It wasn't great, but I enjoyed it. But this is these are the problems I have with the film. And they were some, oh, some real problems. Okay. First of all, 
when it comes to the idea of empowerment, um, there's a scene where this guy who's pretty much going to rape Barbara Minerva and in a park, and this is before Barbara even has powers, and somehow Wonder Woman just appears. Um, not even in Wonder Woman, it's just Diana, and she makes up some stupid story that, oh, yeah, I was just here in the park and you know oh yeah i do martial arts i just use his momentum she throws that guy across from the park that guy should have literally suffered like some sort of like internal bleeding right but they don't call the police he he, he slid over but they don't call the police this guy was about to rape somebody and they just kind of like walk away hey let's do some lunch okay moving on swiftly um, Maybe that's why they say in the 80s. Maybe all guys were just trash in the 80s. Oh my because... God. That, the movie pretty much says every single guy in the <laughs> every, 80s is a piece of crap. Thing. I was saying the same thing. Oh there's, my there's, God. There's literally two and a half men in this film that are not scumbags. <laughs> the rest are just trash. The crazy thing is, like, I can even think of who you think is not a scumbag, but like, if you're saying that Steve Trevor is not a scumbag, he inhabited another dude's body and slept with a woman against that pro- that dude's body's wishes. Yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty. So dark. he's that's a piece dark. of crap. But I like. Okay, his cool. Friend, so the, 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 maybe, him. maybe, maybe one and a half then. Because the only, you know, the yeah. only nice guy was the bum on the street that found. But that's uh, that's what I was gonna rapist. say. I was gonna say it was it was the bum on the street, uh, bum on the street, and the engineer that uh, Steve Trevor inhabited his body. Yeah. Because every single, almost every single interaction with a female and a male was very, hey, how you doing, girl? Yeah, catcalling mm-hmm. or very rapey, like that guy on the road. Mm-hmm. And the only time it wasn't is to show the human, human, uh, the human side of the doctor, uh, Doctor Minerva, when she was like, hey, how you doing, uh, uh, homeless man? Here's this thing. Oh, thanks, Doc. Late night tonight, you know. And that was it. So it was the bum. It was the guy that they took over, and Steve when. Well, just Steve, in it because he approached Diana nicely. Beyond those three, every almost every single interaction with a woman was was kind of sleazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, hey, men men were not well represented in this. Oh no, but you know, when every single it person, wild. Like, it was literally saying, "It's like, hey, you men, you piece of shit, men." Oh no, no, sorry, about it was the eighties, bro. It was the eighties. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. It's one of those ones. It's like to your point is that why did they pick nineteen eighty four? Why, exactly. why? Why? It could have been in the seventies. It could have been in the in the nineties. Why is it specifically the eighties, and why is it specifically nineteen eighty four? Was there a, some sort of spatial alignment in nineteen eighty four that made all men pieces of crap? Now, the 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 the, the interesting thing about it was all white men, because <laughs> like the few yeah. guys that were in it, <laughs> they seem to just be background characters or just nice guys. But all white men. I don't know whether this was a statement uh, done purposely about white men uh but all white men in this film were lecherous potential rapists just absolute douchebags even the villain who's hispanic wasn't even as bad as some of these like normal men on the street uh yeah well he did have an ulterior motive though he did but you know what that's the interesting thing i will circle back to that but moving on from the for the next problem right you set up the MacGuffin of the stone that grants wishes right and you set up the idea that for every wish there's a consequence you you are you are making up rules for this stone you're reading latin around this thing then inside there's another language i don't know where why this this stone moved from they don't even stop to explain why one uh one 
civilization because obviously latin is european then it moved to what the aztecs or the mayans yeah yeah you you already you read the bunk to all this <laughs> right so it's just it's just basically this thing has gone around society cool so they stopped to put this warning label on on it but the warning label is so non-specific you waste you you took the time to figure out that the stone has a problem but you don't want to say the problem what the problem is you're just going to mm. leave a clue somebody else has to find out what that clue means you read a book is that like, oh this is from the god of uh god of lies when you could have just put that in the stone is like hey don't use this stone this stone is just messed up anything you wish for is just going to mess you up period it, an antique without a riddle tony that's in a film what? I'm, I'm what tired, do you mean? Ken. I'm tired of these ancient <laughs> civilizations, yeah, with their dead languages, leaving us messages, but not actually finishing the message. Could you imagine, like, I leave your voice note? It's like, hey, Ken, um, I'm supposed to meet you at the place to do the thing at the time on a specific date. I'm not going to tell you any of that. You're going to have to figure all of that by, you know, all of the clues I leave for you, maybe some dead bodies and work out the alignment of all of the stars and triangulate that with uh, the Starbucks that I'm going to meet. Oh, I just told you it's a Starbucks. Like, well, what, what, is, what is this? It, if you made it rhyme. Sorry, that, that was a terrible prophecy riddle thing from well, the it's, ancients. It's, 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 <laughs> it's dumb. All of these films do it. Like all of these, all of these no, they do. It's, it's civilizations... Really just got nothing better to do. They suffer these consequences. It's like, oh, we need to warn some people. What are we going to do? How are we going to warn them? The most Riddles. ambiguous way we can think of. Don't tell them shit. Just leave them to linger in ambiguity. And by some luck, by some convenience, they will find this ancient text that we didn't actually reference properly because, you know, we didn't go university. We don't know how to reference for assignments. We're just going to just let it just linger there. They'll figure it out. There's not going to be an apocalypse. Moving on, you got the stone. Maxwell Lode's got the stone. He wishes for something, which I was surprised about. I thought he was going to do the classic, I wish for unlimited wishes, right? Which technically, well, that's what technically he does. Technically, that's what he did, yeah. But he did it in a clever way, which I thought that was a really cool twist. He, he wished to become the thing that grants wish. I've never actually seen that before in any media. Like, it, it's always the things like, I wish for a million wishes, or I wish for unlimited wishes, or... You know, I wish to be the most powerful man on planet. He actually wished to be the most powerful being on the planet by being the thing that grants power, which I thought was brilliantly done. Where I mean, we've down seen is, that in um, Aladdin, mm -hmm. one of the uh, the first Aladdin film, where that's more or less what the um, uh, not the Sultan, the Sultan's helper does. Right. And he turns into a genie right. himself. You're right. They stole it from Aladdin. Yep, they stole oh, it from Aladdin. They are they took it from Disney. <laughs> Disney took it from Disney. <laughs> there's going to be a lawsuit. Actually, no, can oh, Disney uh, sue? Because technically Aladdin, they didn't create it. Aladdin is actually... Uh, no, no, no. Arab they, they, they Never mind. Um, so you, oh, set up, power. you set up the parameters of the stone. Then you just throw it out of the window and say, yeah, everything we set up there, don't worry about it. So he becomes a stone. He can grant wishes, but he can actually choose the consequences so does that mean that the stone before had a consciousness and was choosing the consequences or well, was the God of lies, the one that was choosing the consequences, or is that something that he made up and he's making up the consequences on the fly? Well, you're doing that thing again, where you're applying logic <laughs> in the film that doesn't require logic because you're right. No, it, it does require why, logic. Why are they doing that? It when, does, no, no, it does. It, it does require logic. And it it does. on the storyteller um, to give us that logic. If you say one plus one equals three within your story, 
I have to go that every time I see one plus one equals three, and I see that consistently, you have set that up in your universe. Now, if you told me that one plus one equals three, except for when it equals two, when we decide it equals two, well, obviously I'm going to say, well, I don't really have much to to kind of hold on to. You have nothing to go on. Yeah, I, I agree. Especially when, um, I think what they've done in this film, they've made it ambiguous enough so that the story can come up with rules for this. Because if they had hardline rules about how this stone is meant to work or how this power is meant to work, you know, they'll be so limited and maybe even forced to make a better story um, for this. But because they're like, oh, small small riddle give and take someone mentioned a monkey paw so let's go with that monkey paw idea make particles in the air bounce off the tv yeah let's go with that they, they they literally threw sense out the window mainly because the rules and parameters that they set up for it were incredibly vague uh-huh. and that's why they did it there was no hard line rule to say what this thing actually does and because there wasn't they said let's let's take a bit of liberties with this and then and they proceeded to take liberties <laughs> and now yeah. there was just random rules coming up you know uh, things exploding in the sky, smoke going back into the floor, explosions reversing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the explosions are reversing, why did the missiles explode? Why didn't the missiles go backwards? But now the hero there. It's just things that just didn't make sense. The rules the that thing, were... Right? They never established rules. They didn't establish rules about how this worked. But rules then they were trying to follow rules that were never established. Rules aside, right? Um, what about all of the consequences that had nothing to do with wishes? Now, America, the the president makes a wish to have more nuclear warheads in and around Russia. Russia sees that as a threat and they start, they decide later to launch their rockets. They don't make a wish to launch rockets. They're seeing that armed response. That's a mystical one because those, those, those silos weren't built by America. They just appeared after the, after the grant was wished, uh, the, the, the wish was wanted. Why did I say that in reverse? Anyway, um, <laughs> so they launched those rockets. Those launch rockets are still flying through, even if the America, the American president renounces his wish. Which that's the whole plot point at the end. You must see the error of your ways. She throws the lasso of truth on Pedro Pascal while he's broadcasting. I don't know. The beam is throwing through his body and out into the universe. It don't make no sense. Don't make any sense. It don't make any sense. Okay. It does to see it the truth. So everybody's able to see the truth because the beam is going through him and to the people. And the people see that, oh, this is bad. My wish that I wanted this woman to drop dead and she actually dropped dead. Not the fact that she actually dropped dead is bad. This last one of truth is letting me know, oh, shit, that dream, that, that, that wish I made was bad. Okay, cool. He realizes bad. He realizes that his... For some reason, the lasso of truth is seeing his is making him see his son kind of trying to navigate through life because uh, everything is going to crap. And the, the magic system in the time form doesn't make sense, man. It dude, it's not it's sense. not the lasso of truth anymore. It's just the lasso of does shit. Yeah, yeah, it don't make no sense because it's just, it's just after the lasso of like convenient plot points. Yeah, yeah. After nine eighty four, it's World War Three, bruv. Yeah. What? Because. You, lo- you launched rockets at us. No, we didn't. They disappeared. Nah, B. We didn't forget. We could see exactly what's happening. World War Three, bro. It's World yeah, War Three. Those rockets are still going, but no, conveniently, when everybody renounces their wish, it, re- it rewinds every bad decision that anybody made, regardless of a wish. So you flash back, and this is where I'm going to cap it off with the last problem I have here, is just the corniness. So there's a moment early on in the film where they have that classic dress montage and 
See Trevor's there. <laughs> he needs his wardrobe updated because you know he's been dead for a while and he's got new style, but he's able to fish out of water up. story. That's what they but call it. The thing is, though, that whole scene, she's dressing him up, right? And everything he's picking, I'm thinking, yo, that's not bad. Yo, that's kind of sick. That's nice. I'm, you know, it's not really my flavor, but I'm feeling it, kid. She picks an outfit and it's the worst outfit. And he says, no. Now the convenient thing at the end, when all things are said and done, she renounces her wish to get back her power so she can uh, fight Cheetah, who Cheetah has become a full-on cheetah lady who's butt naked. And I don't know, the fur covers all of the genitalia conveniently. Awesome fight scene, CGI used really well. I wish the fight scene was a little bit longer, but like they established that she is kicking her ass, but conveniently Wonder Woman is able to restrain her. So if you can restrain her, why didn't you just do that at the beginning of the fight whoa, whoa, instead it, of like it, when you was in the water? It, it wasn't just restraining. Wonder Woman is also electrocution proof because for some reason... I think it's, 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 it's vulcanized rubber. It wasn't gold. Vulcanized rubber. So yeah. a face, the suit covers a face as well. Yeah. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Because, like, are you sure? Cool. And then she gets electrocuted, but then Wonder Woman doesn't get electrocuted. Anyway, yeah. cool. Superpowers, isn't it? Superpowers. So she's there, right? She gets electrocuted, and I think she's dead. No, she's kind of incapacitated. She's just jammed. She's Maybe she's learned the errors of her ways because, meanwhile, Max Lord, he's there all omnipotent. And apparently, the only thing that can stop Wonder Woman at this point is a gust of wind. Everything else, Cakewalk, a gust of wind. Ah, it's my kryptonite. I can't handle it. I can't do nothing to the gust of wind. And he's just there having a whale of the time, making wishes, feeling the power because he's giving people this wishes, but he's taking that person's inner strength. Because at this point, with all of the wishes he's made before, his organs are failing. And I'm thinking to myself, well, why is that established as a thing? Because when you make wishes on the stone, the stone doesn't have organs. It's got nothing to fail. Does the stone break down every time you make a wish? We don't see that as the audience. Uh, as the audience, but him, his nose bled a little bit. He's, he's more than that. He started like you know going gray veins, black veins. You know you're sick when you got black veins in movies. So <laughs> he's got he's got black veins. He's about to die. So his genius thing is to broadcast the signal out to the world. And I don't know what this technology is, but they call it the Star Wars laser. Is that what they called it? The Star Wars project. Yeah, no, they did. <laughs> they did. Like, that's a, that's, I, and I wouldn't be surprised if that was a real thing in real life because we literally have space force in real in real life. So yeah, maybe uh, maybe that was the thing that was connecting 1984 to this film. So this is the Star Wars laser, the Star the Wars Star laser, laser. The, or the Star Wars project, or the Star Wars MacGuffin or convenient plot device. It gets beamed out there. It's on every TV screen and conveniently on computer screens computer screens that don't have the internet yet because it's 1984. I'm pretty sure the internet wasn't in 1984. Am I right or wrong on that, Ken? No, it did not have the internet. Anyway, so it's on computer screens, which don't have UIs at this point. It's all DOS space. I'm pretty damn sure. doesn't have any visual languages. But there's a little scene where you see people on computers and the beam is able to beam a fully colored image onto computer screens in 1984. Cool. And everybody sees it. So the thing that they established before that, oh, you need to touch the person or touch the stone to make the wish. No, you just need to see the stone to make the wish. So that that's means what I was like, saying. That's so exactly does that mean if I see a picture of the stone that's drawn out and I make a wish, I can make the wish because essentially on a TV screen, the picture of the stone is just a drawn picture, but digitally drawn. So you're just looking at Pedro Pascal and you're making a wish. So that means I can take an Instagram post of the stone, make a wish, and I have my wish. 
Okay, cool. Those are your rules. Yeah. Let's not try to logical this, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it, it, I'm getting it into broke. my bag. You know, bro, it, it broke very, very quickly. I would say just one of the last things I would say, mm. and it's kind of um, a more uh, observation of the um, of the universe or of Warner Brothers, but, you know, DC seems to now be creating self-contained films without any wide implications to the rest mm-hmm. of the world mm-hmm. that we can see. You know, uh, other films there were implications and we saw in preceding films kind of like well marvel made that made the money from that we're like oh this kind of setting up this thing but it seems like they're leaving it open so they can later say it doesn't affect something or doesn't uh doesn't in the later film so that way they're not trapped by something that's, they think that's just the nature of failure and therefore they, have to address it they fail because why attempts. they wouldn't talk about this 1984 and future films wouldn't make no sense but that's but the thing right she can't fly in a way in the- that they can she can't fly in the present day films, Justice League and Batman vs Superman. She can't fly, but she can fly that's, in nineteen eighty four. That's, that's the point I'm trying to make. That's the point I'm trying to make. They they are trying to make self contained films, but they had to find a way to add something to Wonder Woman because almost everyone gets a somewhat super like uh, um, upgrade, mm-hmm. and her upgrade was flight and I guess the ability to cope things in an invisible gel. Yes, um, but it won't. It doesn't play into the future films that do genuinely happen. Don't forget Wonder Woman knees. She's got Wonder Woman knees. That's one of. Oh, she's got a Wonder Woman knees. Yeah, yeah. the Megan Thee Stallion, Megan Thee Stallion, Wonder Woman knees. Yeah, I yeah. can't wait for yeah. that drop to that that track to drop, man. That's gonna be fun. <laughs> and the video, oh my god, erections everywhere. Erections everywhere. <laughs> I guarantee it. I guarantee it. But you know what? Let's move away from uh, Wonder Woman. We've talked to death about it. That's me. You don't talk about Linda Carter. Do you want to talk about what? Uh, Linda Carter at the end. Dude, I didn't even see that. Was that after credit scene? Yeah, bro. You see I, that? I, I gave up, man. Me and my girl was just kind of like, oh, we watched this. This just. Right. I actually went back because I saw I saw there was an after credit scene, but I skipped back and forth through that video. I couldn't find it. It was a good ten seconds. That, you know, I'm good. I'll catch you on YouTube. It's fine. Well, have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. So all, all that happens is you see someone walking down the street. You only see her back and her hair, and then this woman, a, a pole drops down. It doesn't cut away. And she catches the pole and she saves the baby from getting crushed. And one woman was like, oh, thank you so much. You saved my child. And she's like, don't worry. I've been doing this a long time. And then I shit you not. She looks at the camera and then winks. And then the woman's like, huh, oh, thank And then she keeps on moving. I'm like, to anyone else, that looks weird. You just wink at Yeah. <laughs> that was, for, that was yeah. for us. That was for the audience. But anyway, yeah. they threw it in there just to pay homage to the amazing actress that portrayed Wonder Woman on the small screen uh, back in the day. So the weird it, thing was nice is little, that it was a nice I, little cameo. Yeah, the weird thing is that I'm surprised they didn't do that cameo um, earlier, like in uh, the first Wonder Woman movie or or BVS. I'm, I'm generally surprised that it took this long before they got Linda Carr because she's been yeah. in the CW shows. She played the president yes, in Wonder Woman and um, Supergirl. Yes, she did. She did. But let's, um, move, let's move away from Wonder Woman. I think we've talked that to death. Um, yeah, yeah, we've talked to death. Even like, oh yeah, sorry. That's why the suit was connected. The person that uh, owned the suit, the uh, the uh, uh, Amazonian, it was Linda Carter. That was the Amazonian. Oh, that you, owned are, are you joking? <laughs> Fam, <laughs> what? <laughs> That's exactly what they're saying. Like, oh, we couldn't uh, find her. She may have died. She might still be on this earth. Now nah, she's right there, bro. Still saving babies' lives. Now establishing that some Amazonians are immortal. I, yeah, that's the thing that I never understood as well. It's like I, I understood that um, Princess Diana was immortal because she was half god, 
but why were the rest of the Amazonians? Because her mum like lived all the way up until present day. So I don't. Let's 